Use your servant, Father. You place this within me. Allow me to preach it. That it might glorify your name. We ask us all in Jesus' name. And for his name's sake. And every heart said, Amen. Let me start by saying thank you to the young voices of praise. Every time they take the choir loft, they do good. But this Lord's Day, they did exceptionally good. Those voices were clear and powerful, but most of all, they were filled with meaning. They're not just singing the words that are written on a page. They are now placing those very words within their hearts and allowing the Spirit of God to touch them as they sing those words. Because, you know, singing does do something to us. There's no misunderstanding that whenever you are down and you hear music, music has a way of lifting your spirit. If you're listening to the right music. Because the wrong music may raise something else up inside of you (laughs) that you thought you got rid of. Amen. But last week I heard a song and I couldn't get it out of my head. I found myself hearing the words when I went to sleep. I found myself hearing the words sometime during the middle of the day. And even when I forgot, but if the title came back, I began to hear those words again. And there weren't just words in that song, but actually they had used the portion of scripture. And it was that very scripture that I believe that the Lord has led me to today. So I'm going to invite you to the book of Romans and the eighth chapter. We're going to pick it up about verse 28. Romans chapter eight, beginning at verse 28. When you're ready, let me hear you say amen. Amen. If you need a moment, say, hold on, Pastor. All right, we're going to hold on. Are you ready to begin the reading? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, 
whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, this is risen again who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, for we are accounted as sheep for slaughtered. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Take your neighbor by the hand. Look them squarely in the eye and say, neighbor, I am sold out. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I am sold out. Now, you know who I'm talking about. I know anybody been listening to the radio. I know you're talking about Hezekiah Walker. I am sold out. And you got to understand the reason for being sold out. See, if you have not had experience with God, if you have not been in any kind of trouble, if you have not had the bottom of the barrel, if you have not gone to your lowest state, you don't know what it's like to be sold out. See, the only way you can be sold out is you got to know the Lord. And I'm not just saying know the Lord. I mean you got to know the Lord. I mean you got to be intimate with our Savior. Because Paul here writing to the Roman church tells us why we ought to be sold out. See, if you really haven't been through anything, you really don't know if you're sold out or not. See, because when you're sold out, you've got a made up mind. When you sold out, ain't nobody can move you off the mark. When you are sold out, you know where your anchor is. When you are sold out, nothing can move you when you are sold out. But if you're not fully sold out, then you will be moved by every wind of doctrine. If you're not sold out, then there is somebody that might persuade you to do something different. If you are not sold out, you might get sold, amen? But when you're sold out, when you know God, when you know what he has done for you, when you know how he's had your back, when you know how he has made a way out of no way, when you know how he has lifted up off you, off your bed of infliction, when you know how he's lifted you off your sick bed, when you know he has turned you around, when you know he has put joy in your heart, when you know, 
that you know that you know. Then you can turn around and say, I am sold out. Because who better than the Apostle Paul could say those words, I am sold out. Beaten and left for dead. Beaten with a rod. Shipwrecked three times. Cast into the sea. But Paul said, I am sold out. See, I, I, I'm getting to the point now that, that I, I don't like sometimes the revelation that you have because sometimes the revelation that you get scares you. But you know you got to go through something in order to be sold out. Ah, can you, can you, can you hear it now? Can you, can you hear it now? You, you, you gotta be sold out and you gotta go through something because if you don't go through something, you really don't know how much you trust in the Lord. You know, sometimes in the middle of the night when nobody else is around, that's, that's when your heart really speaks to your mind. And that's where you really start f- focusing and concentrating on your problems when nobody is, else is in the house is awake and it's just you and you. You know what I'm talking about? It's just when you're laying on your back at night and you really can't go into that deep sleep because there's been something that's been troubling your heart and it hasn't really been relevant during the day. But now in the midnight hour when everything is quiet, when there's no other distractions, that's when that thought starts creeping in your heart. That's when that trouble starts coming in your mind and that's where you can't roll over and really go to sleep. You're trying to close your eyes but your mind keeps working. You have to know that you know that you know that God is in the midst and God is working in that trial and in that tribulation. You got to understand. Because if you don't, you ain't sold out. Yeah, you 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 got to be sold out. And, and like I said, the scary part of that revelation is we don't like to go through stuff. Nobody enjoys problems, but you know, it's problems that really reveal God, isn't it? Yes, sir. That's right. Because when you go through the midst of that trial, when the sea of life is raging and the billows are rolling, you can hear the Lord Jesus say, peace, be still. Even though you might have to ride out that storm for a while. You know that there's coming a time that Jesus can just say, peace, be still. And we got to learn how to find comfort in the fact that he can say, peace, be still. But you know, the reality of the situation is we, we want him to hurry up and say those words. We really start to say within ourselves, Lord, you know, I've been rocking and reeling on this sea of trouble long enough now. I I think it's time now that you ought to calm the seas. But you know, when we start to say that in our hearts and our mind, isn't it strange that as soon as you say that, it seems like the sea gets even worse? Seems like the storm clouds get darker. It seems like the thunder rolls even louder. It seems like the lightning is flashing. And you know, when lightning flashes, it lights up things. And sometimes the enemy has a way of just lighting up your problems. And you either see them like you've never seen them before. You try to close your eyes and you can still see the image of that problem. You know how it is when you, you, you get caught off guard by a big, 
flash of lightning and your eyes hurt and as soon as you close your eyes you can still see that lightning bolt for minutes afterwards. Sometimes that's the way it is when we focus on our problems when that lightning bolt flashes in your mind and the enemy's trying to destroy your peace and you close your eyes and you try to make it go away but it's still just right there. And notice it just slowly fades away. But now, when we can get like the Apostle Paul and say that we know that all things work together for good. Did you notice he said all things? It didn't say some things or the things we like. But all things work together. But there's a proviso for good to them that love God. See, you got to know that you love the Lord. And the reason I say that there's sometimes too many Christians that are sitting in the pews that just want God's fire insurance. They don't want to go to hell. But they don't want to be sold out either. See, they know him as Savior, but they don't recognize him as Lord. Because in order to call him Lord, you have to be totally surrendered and sold out to him. See, if you're not sold out, then he's not Lord of all. And if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. See, you can't have a portion of your life under control and call him Lord. He's got to have all of your life. See, he didn't go to Calvary to pay for a part of your life. He went to Calvary to pay for all of your life. He didn't go to Calvary so you can be just out of trouble for a little bit. He went to Calvary so you can be out of trouble for eternity. His blood is not coming short of us more. So you know that Paul said, for the good... To them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. Sometimes we wonder why we go through what we go through. But God got a purpose. Because he is molding and shaping us. We forget that right there in verse 29 he begins to tell us what his ultimate purpose for our life is. Is to conform us into the image of his son. See, we got our own image. We want to be this way or that way. But God says, until you become like Jesus is, there's some work to be done. And that means until we can react to the situation the way Jesus would react, we ain't arrived yet. So I think we can look ourselves right in the mirror and say, Lord, Christian under construction. Because we ain't got there yet. Sometimes we like to think we're doing pretty good, don't we? Sometimes we even sail along pretty good. Some things come up against us, we're able to let them just, it don't even bother us. You know, somebody gets irate with you, you're able to handle it. But you notice that every time you really think you're doing just that really good, all of a sudden, something comes up and blindsides you, and the real you shows up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or maybe we got some super saints in here this morning. Maybe you don't stumble every now and then. But I know the truth that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. So we all slip up every now and then. 
Ever get angry and start speaking in tongues? Hmm? Now you know what I'm talking about. Them four little words that you swore you would never use again. But a strange thing, when you get angry enough, when you get troubled enough, that's the only vocabulary that you can remember. You don't call somebody the son of God. <clears throat> Moving right along. <laughs> but God has a plan for our lives. And anything that happens in our lives, God is using to mold us into the image of his son. And see, you got to think about God's logic. You got to think about that when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, he deposited within us his spirit. We are known as the body of Christ. And so therefore, the spirit lives in me that he might live through me. See, this is not a two-person operation. It's God's plan. And God says, all you need to do is surrender to me. And I'll put the fullness of joy in your life. The problem is, is me. The problem is you. Because we keep taking control back that which we had surrendered to God. We want to have the outcome the way we plan the outcome to come out. No, no, we, we, we really can't. And, and so that's, that's the dilemma that we're in. We have to realize that every day that we awaken and by the mercy of God, that we have to say, Lord, I'm a dead man today. I'm a dead person. I'm a dead woman today. I surrender my all to you. Whatever comes in my life today, use it unto your glory. Because God has a way of uncovering our shortcomings. And that's what we don't like. We don't like anybody pulling back the sheet on us. We don't like anybody peeping our whole card. We don't like anybody seeing our shortcomings. We like to make up in our mind that we have made it and we don't mess up. But God has a way of showing you. And if you don't, God has a way of publicly outing us. Boy, you ever realize you could wreck your own reputation in a heartbeat? You got everybody thinking that you're doing pretty good. And all of a sudden, something stupid comes out your face. And everything you did to build your reputation, which is now all over the floor. You know them co-workers that have come up to you and say, I thought you was a Christian? And you... Re you retort back, I am. <laughs> and they go, yeah, right. But he works it for our good, which means the ultimate good. We cannot see the future. We cannot take a single event 
and see how it's really going to come out, only God knows. So therefore, sometimes we go into those trials kicking and screaming. But then you have to think about what James said when he said, count it all joy. And you heard me say it a thousand times when I first was a young Christian and I ran across that verse. I said, this boy had lost his mind. And then I got confused because I thought I was supposed to like the problem. And there was a moment, or like we like to say, there was a minute that I tried to convince myself I liked the problem. I tried to lie to myself. And no matter how hard I tried, I didn't like the problem. The problem had a way of just saying, no, 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 no. This is a problem. I don't like it. And so I said, there has to be something wrong with my understanding. Because if the Bible said, count it all joy, then there must be a reason for that verse being in the Bible. And it wasn't until I discovered that it's through my trials that I realized my shortness of my faith. But it's through my trials that my faith increases when I understand what it is that God is trying to show me about me in the midst of that trial. And the strange things ought to happen when I understand where I have fallen short and agree with God that I have fallen short. Then the next thing I know, I am forgiven of that shortness, if you will. And then I do have joy in my life because now I know the next time that the issue comes along, I can count on the word of God to help me through that issue. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, it is strange today that when we have so much at our uh, uh, opportunity to grab a hold of, we don't hear prayers like grandma and mama used to pray. I can remember Pastor Emeritus Robert Smith saying that his mother used to send him to bed and he would play possum because he waited until his mother thought he was asleep and then she would slip off into that quiet place and she would begin to pray. But those old saints used to pray out loud. And he said he would creep out of his bed and creep down the hallway and just get on the floor and just listen to mama pray. Now he know they went to bed and they ate the last bit of food that was in the house. That on tomorrow there would be no food available for the family. But he used to hear his mama say, Lord, I know that you are a provider. And I don't know how, but I know that you're able. And then mama would move on as knowing that God was going to take care of her needs. And a strange thing would happen that the next day food was provided because mama believed that God would provide for her. Some neighbor might come by and say, you know, I got some extra vegetables or I got an extra piece of meat. Or in the old days, you know how when the farmers used to slaughter the animals, they would bring stuff by for you. Now we can go to fries, Safeway, Bashes, you name it, and we don't bring nothing to nobody. Got so much food in the house, we got to have side-by-sides. Ain't have the audacity to open up a full freezer and say, I ain't got nothing to eat up in here. Come on, come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. My, my. Sometimes we need to know where we are. So I now think that when things, as the old folks say, get slack, 
God's just trying to get our attention to lean and depend on him. But what we start doing is try to work a little overtime, go get an extra job. We do everything but say, Lord, I know that you're my provider. And however you decide to provide, he might tell you to go work that extra job. He might tell you to stay those extra hours. Or he may just bring somebody by out of the clear blue sky that will give you just what you are standing in need of. But Paul says to us that what shall we say then to these things? Because sometimes when we're going through the trials and tribulations of life, we start to begin to feel that God may be against us. But Paul's reminding us that if God be for us, who can be against us? So anything that comes into our lives, it means that God has allowed it to come. It either is by his divine will or by his permissive will. Sometimes God will orchestrate things and sometimes God just lets me make bad decisions. Either way that when I'm leaning and depending on God and know that all things are counted for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose, then I'll find out some good in the bad that I went through. I mean, I found it out right there on the spot. But when I come out on the other side, I have a better understanding. I know now what God was trying to show me. Anybody praying with me this morning? So Paul goes on. And he starts to say, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? See, you got to know that God loves you beyond degree. You got to know that you know that you know. Because before the fullness of time, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. He waited for over 2,000 years, came through 42 generations, walked this old dusty earth for 33 and a half years, took 12 men and taught them how to turn the world upside down. And when he left, he placed this world in our care. But oh, I'm so glad that in the past, my God and my Savior loved me so much that he allowed them to march him from judgment hall to judgment hall and never said a bumbling word. Took him out and scourged him until they began to beat the flesh off his body. And yet, he never backed up because his love was greater than the pain. And then allowed them to nail him to an old rugged cross. First they nailed his hands and then they nailed his feet. They made a fatal mistake because Jesus said, If I be lifted up above the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. And when they lifted him up, the first thing that came out of his mouth is, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But I'm so glad they lifted him up on that famed and fabled day. I'm so glad that they scourged him on that famed and fabled day. I'm so glad they marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall. Because I know my God loves me. 
Satan thought he had the battle won. Satan stood in the background when they took him down off that cross. Body lifeless, carried away to be placed in a tomb. But the devil didn't know the tomb was only going to be borrowed for three days. What can you and I do in three days? But I know this much, that when they placed him in that tomb, and the price had been paid, the grave couldn't hold him. Death couldn't defeat him. Because the Bible says that early one Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hands. And because he's got all power, what can separate you from the love of God? Death, sword, sorrow, bankruptcy, height, death, angels, principalities. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's why we can declare we are more than conquerors. Hmm. No thing. No thing. In heaven, earth, beneath the earth, above the earth, nothing. No thing. Age. Arthur. Cancer. Asthma. Broken bones. Brain tumors. Heart murmurs. Heart attacks. Bad hearts. Clogged arteries. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Bunions, bad feet, ingrown toenails, blindness, deafness. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's why you ought to be like the song says, I am sold out. There's a verse in the song that says, my heart is fixed and my mind's made up. There's no room, no vacancies. I'm all filled up. His spirit lives in me. And that's the reason that I'm sold out. So the question today is, is your heart fixed? Is your mind made up? Is there no room, no vacancy? Are you all filled up? Does your his spirit live in you? Because if he does, that's the reason that you can say, I am sold out. Sold out. I'm so glad he died for me. I'm so glad that he went to Calvary. I'm so glad he opened the doors of opportunity for me to become sold out. And the good news is I'm still being sold out. Because every day of my life, I still find a new area. You know how the songwriter said, morning by morning, new mercies I see, I am sold out. 
Ah, so to the choirs. You know what I know, what I want to hear, right? You know what's on the list of to do, right? I, right, I, I want to hear the song. I can, I can hear it in my heart. I can hear it in my head. I want to hear it in my ear because I am sold out. Yes, sir. Who can separate us from the love of Jesus? Nor death, nor life. Jesus paid the price. Now I am free from sin. My soul is out. My mind is made up. I've come through the fire. I've come through the rain. But God, he never left my side. My, he's my comfort through all my hurt and my pain. I am soul out. My heart is fixed. My mind's made up. No room, no vacancies. I'm all filled up. His spirit lives within me And that's the reason why I'm all sold out The doors of the church are open Jesus you know how our past used to be we sold out to a lot of things okay to admit it. Maybe you've only been partially sold out. Come on and make a full commitment.